You still hang out with Danny V, and I am super excited to announce to you that our guest, our surprise guest, I told you I'll not announce who he is because I really want this to shock you. I want you, especially all the young people listening who are expectant and, you know, just waiting on the Lord for, for something different, you know, for God to use you in your area of gifting. I want you guys to be encouraged by the interview we'll be doing next. And I'm also doing the segment uh, for this month because I've seen a lot of believers who study uh, a certain path and they only expect God to work with them in that area, you know. But we know God. We know He's able to do above and beyond what we can think or imagine. And I myself, for example, radio was not really what I thought God will use me for. In fact, I thought it would be law. <laughs> so let's not wait any longer. I'm welcoming my surprise guest. Good afternoon, or is it evening? Good evening. Are you there? Good evening, Pastor D. How are you doing? I am doing well. Who am I talking to? Who's my surprise guest? <laughs> You're talking to Mike Mpanya. Mike Mpanya. Mike, first of all, thank you for joining me on the show. And, um, man, I believe we are going to be blessed. But let's find out why. Mike, who are you? What do you do? <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's, that's a, a very, very difficult question to answer. <laughs> you know, but um, I think the broadest, the broadest kind of definition I can give before going into specifics is nice. I try to do the most with what God has given me. Wow. So looking at the talents I have, trying to be faithful as a steward to those talents. So my area of, of work is activism and entrepreneurship, looking at big problems and looking at ways to solve them and looking at it from a holistic approach. You know, I call it the stakeholder value model. where You look at the individual, you look at their business, you look at society and how you can transform that together. And that kind of lens of the intersection between, you know, justice and the economy and theology, because I'm also a, um, a youth minister, is kind of where I play and, and, and where I, I stay right now. I, I want to ask you a question. If someone's listening now and they're thinking, hey, you, you sound like you've got this all figured out. Where did this journey start for you? What did the <laughs> Lord say, you know, when you were growing up? What did you think you're going to do? You know, on, honestly speaking, I, for, for the longest time growing up, wanted to be a doctor. Um, then I kind of got more moved by um, the tech space and then studied engineering for a bit and then eventually moved into law, which is something I'm really passionate about. So the entire trajectory of my life, I had no idea about. And if you asked me at this time last year, if I would be doing what I'm doing right now, I would not have believed it. I actually would have said no. And basically, I think yeah. I had plans for my life. Then God had his plans. And his plans are so much better than anything I could have come up with. But, you know, the process to that, Pastor D, I must be frank, there's yeah. always a breaking. You know, one doesn't abandon their plans just naturally. So yes. God kind of sets them on fire. <laughs> and then you kind of um, trying to escape the fire, walk into destiny. Now, when you say... Um you you wouldn't you didn't know exactly what you wanted growing up how 
are you sure? Like, so if let's say I'm, I'm listening to you now and I'm in high school and I'm thinking, man, okay, I also don't know what to do. But how did you recognize that realignment? What, what happened for you to see, to say, oh, okay, God's actually taking me this direction and not that? Yeah, I think it's when you begin to shift from getting satisfied by the what to getting satisfied by the why. Hmm. So growing up, oftentimes as young people, we focus on the what. So, you know, my basic decision to, okay, what should I get into was, okay, what am I good at? Mm. And you think, okay, you're good at math, you're good at science, you should do something along the sciences. So the focus is the what. Yes. But as God realigns you, and as you go through kind of the vicissitudes of life, the challenges, the ups and the downs, you shift from the what to the why. Mm. So why am I here? Why, why, why am I passionate about this? Why does this excite me? And it's the shift from the what to the why that is where purpose and destiny reside. And I want to be frank with those of you listening that, you know, your destiny is not linked to, you know, the field of study you try to go in into university or whether you go to university or not, because there are multiple ways of solving a problem. You know, some of the biggest innovations in healthcare are mm. being executed by people who aren't doctors. Come on now. And some of the biggest administrations of justice are being done by people who aren't lawyers. So that focus on the why is the key. And you will see in your life that you're beginning to shift into God's alignment when you're no longer concerned about the what, but it's the why, you see. And that's the thing. The what oftentimes is, I want to stand on a pulpit. I want to sing on stage. I want to preach. But it's the why that motivates, that can give you joy from mopping. And you can be mopping the floors of the church and experience that satisfaction, that wholeness, that Holy Spirit confirmation that, you know what, I'm doing what I'm called to do. Now, I'm going to ask a question. Now, this is just for the sake of background. When you say you are involved in entrepreneurship in Africa, like, what, what does that mean? Do you run a spaza so, shop? <laughs> so, so, so we, we scale up businesses backed by some very big corporate partners. Mm. I'll, I'll not name the corporate partners because, you know, we're not trying to uh, you know, uh, <laughs> seem like we're pushing any or advertising any. But these these, yeah. these are, are companies that are are listed on the the Johannesburg Stock Exchange. So some of the biggest companies um, in the country, and working with them around expanding their footprint on the African continent, mm. but also expanding their footprint in rural communities and townships in particular. Mm. And one of the reasons why I say that's the why is that at the beginning of this journey of saying, Lord, what does it look like to actually connect, you know, what I believe about you, that you are good, that you are just, that you want prosperity for all, with the reality of an economic system that is unjust and where we have an abundance of, of, of poverty, inequality, unemployment. And on top of that, you know, how do we make sure that we're able to have business models? Because you, you, it has to be profitable. It has to make money. Mm -hmm. And focusing on the why for the longest period of time, without a question of the what, whether it meant going into places that looked scary and dodgy and meeting strange people in the, you know, and when I say scary and dodgy, I mean going into to parts of, you know, there are parts of townships that are very, very dangerous. And yeah, the people I've, know I've are, are really on the outskirts. I've sometimes Good. called you and you told me you were in, in places that I always see toy toys happening in and I'm thinking, man, <laughs> so those are the areas you would go. 
Exactly. Going there. And, you know, at the time when, when this journey started, there was no money attached to it. There was no doors that seemed to be open. None of it actually made sense. All of it was just built around the conviction and the why. And when you come to a moment in your life where you're like, you know what, Lord, I'm going to do not what I know, but what I think I'm here to do. Yes. I'm going to follow your voice as clear as I can hear it. Mm. And I might be wrong. I might not be able to see the path. But if I'm going to fail, let me fail while being obedient. Wow. And I think what this world offers that's most dangerous for believers is the world's definition of success while being disobedient. Oof. Can you, can so you dig success, into that? <laughs> yes. So if success is having, is having a nice car and a big house and yes. money and all these forms of material comfort, you can be successful. Hmm without actually having been obedient to the Lord. Wow. And something that was a personal situation for me was at the same time as, wow. as I'm feeling the Lord kind of leading me to say, how do you use your mind, your gifts, your talents to bring about economic transformation and inclusive prosperity for all my people? I had another kind of path, you know, mm. linked to, 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 to my degree of study law, where I had really, really amazing law firms with great people giving you the opportunity where you, you, you have this job security, you have a comfy salary, you have, you know, um, a scholarship and all these different things to, to further your studies, et cetera, et cetera, that give you a, a veneer of success. And, you could have, and I could have said yes to them. Mm. And on the surface, I would have looked successful. Yes. But in heaven, would I have been successful? And that's the gap between switching mm. from what you're doing and what you have to why you're doing it. Wow. Now, I I I wanna just I don't know how we we say this without naming anything, but how did you when a big company I know you were approached by one of the biggest law firms in the country, if not the biggest, and you you say no. How do you go back to your parents? And say, I've turned down <laughs> this big you opportunity. Know, <laughs> Where they thinking, open door, our child's just finished university, he's not gonna get this and and you say no. How does that You know, work? it's it, I think it you know, it, it in the moments and that's what I say. I say I say if someone had told me what I would do in certain moments, I wouldn't have believed it. And I wow. think who you are, the strength of your foundation comes out in moments. Hmm. And in the moment, there's, there's something that, that overtakes someone who, who really has submitted to the Lord and who has, has failed and has fallen and has realized their, their dependence on God's grace. Mm. And I think I remember telling you the conversation that I come from this firm and, and when, when we're sitting down and talking to them about what life might look like being a mm. part of their organization, the mm. things they might ask me to do. And I remember one of the partners, you know, talking about all these things. And he said, you know, Mike, you look like you're, you're more obsessed with the, you know, the bigger picture. I'm not sure if you're, you know, you're, you're going to be able to do the mundane, et cetera, et cetera. Like you just look like the big picture guy, big ideas wanting to change the world. And I said, you know, if you want me to be a part of this organization, mm. I will come and try to make this organization change the world. Wow. Because who I am and what keeps me awake at night, and what gives me crazy levels of energy to, to literally sometimes work 20 hours a day and on Saturday as well, is this desire to, to show the world God's goodness through 
God's people being empowered to use their God-given gifts, especially in the economic space. Wow. And if you, if you can't deal with that, I'm never going to be the guy that comes in and just punches the numbers and copies paper and prints things. Mm. And, you know, the realization that even in that process, yes, they, they want you, but realizing that this is not necessarily the natural space. You know, they're trying to adjust themselves to help you fit in because they want you. You want to go to a place, you know, that's good ground. And here I want to talk about, you know, one of Jesus' parables. You know, you, he talks about the parable of the seed, one that landed on shallow ground, mm-hmm. one that, that, that landed in the thorns, one that fell by the wayside, and one that fell in good ground. And God's word that we carry also requires an environment to bear fruit. Mm-hmm. And regardless of the pay or the profit or the worldly success that an adverse environment gives you, your conviction must be, where can I position myself for what God said about me to become true? Mike Panya, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm, I'm so excited. You know, I feel like one of these days I'm going to have you on the show for an hour and we're just going to dig deep on you know, small businesses, what they can do to grow and how they can even reach out to you for help. I don't know, is it? Any details that you, you could give out, um, maybe an yes, email? Yes, no, definitely. And, you know, my passion, and I'm, I'm, I say this proudly, and I think every other community in the world is about helping and backing their community. Yes. And we as believers, as brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, have to be willing to, to move and to back each other. So I'm very, very open to engaging with Christian entrepreneurs. And as a matter of fact, that's a prayer of my heart and one of my personal commitments I've said to the Lord is, Lord, with every door you open, with every position you allow me to get into, show me how I can push your people. So people can reach me on email at Mike, M-I-K-E, Mpanya, M-P-A-N-Y-A, at gmail.com. So they can send an email to me, talk about their business, their enterprise. Just give me a couple of days to respond. Yes. Um, cause, cause yeah, no, he's a busy guy, and I'm, 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 I'm so happy you're giving your personal email. So yes, no, you know. give me the personal email, especially uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. I want let them have the personal email, so I can actually, you know, read these things myself, and I'll certainly respond in due time. And even if we can't collaborate now, but I do think it would be lovely just to know what what Christian entrepreneurs are doing. Wow, Mike, thank you so much for joining us. You know, I see. A light when when I when I look at you when I speak to you, all I see is God's glory, and I want to encourage you to remain in His presence, to remain obedient, and even more than all of that, you know, to still have love in your heart because when you speak, there's a love for people, and that love um, for me it transcends age, it transcends culture. And it is the thing that just makes you stand out in the world. Please be blessed, and I hope you join us soon. I'm going to have you here for an hour. I promise I promise to have you here for an hour. And, and I promise to, to make the time and be there as well. Thank you so much, Pastor. You're such a blessing to my life. And I must thank you publicly as well for wow. just the impact you've had on me and through some of the most trying seasons of my life. Literally, I, 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 with no exaggeration, through the most difficult time in my life, you're an amazing friend and a testimony 
to the fact that believers need to stick together and a believing friend is worth an army of 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 unbelievers when it comes to trial. So thank you so much for what you've done in my life. Thank you for what you're doing to the body and God bless you too, my brother. No, thank you so much. God bless you too, brother.